Hello, I'm Mike Fisher, Milwaukee-based theater writer and dramaturg and a member of the advisory company for Forward Theater in Madison. I'm Jenna Poff-Gray, founder and artistic director of Forward Theater Company. And this is Theater Forward, a twice-monthly conversation about theater from a local, regional, and national perspective. From Madison to Manhattan, we're excited to share insight into our own company while exploring issues surrounding theater in the Midwest and around the country. Welcome to episode 68 of Theater Forward. So this week, we are talking about what it feels like coming back to a COVID casualty show. Forward's production of The Amateurs by Jordan Harrison was closed after our first day of tech rehearsals in March of 2020. Now we're back in rehearsals and about to start tech for our revisit of this play. Mike and I, who both work on the show as dramaturg and director respectively, are joined now by the four members of the 2020 cast who have returned for this 2021 production. Matt Daniels. Hi, I am so, so happy to be back. Emily Glick. Hi, Jen. Josh Krause. Hello, everyone. And Kat Woodkey. Hi. So it is awfully good to all be together again. Um, this has felt like a hugely unfinished thing in my life. And from talking with all of you, I think that has been a common experience. Um, but let's start this conversation by going going back to our rehearsal process, which started in the middle of February uh, of 2020. And just what it was like to be working on this show as COVID was kind of just starting to really appear on all of our radars. It really felt like just doing another show at first, um, just another show. Um, and then as time went by, we were getting weekly and then daily updates from you, Jen, about, all right, here's what I know today about the new rules, about the new um, thoughts from the CDC and the world at large about what was headed our way as this cloud. Um, it felt like some weird entity that wasn't COVID. It was something else. Um, but at, at first it just felt like, oh, we're just doing a show, right? Right? <laughs> totally. It did. I mean, we were just doing a show and it was, uh, it, it, the, the thing that was weird about it that became weird about it was that the show <laughs> follows a group of actors who are trying to outrun the plague. And so that is where things got really weird for us, I think, as it turned out to not just be uh, another version of many of the of the sort of apocalyptic flus that have been sort of threatened at us over the last 20 years. It wasn't that it actually, you know, I remember feeling like it was a slow motion watching a slow motion apocalypse on the Internet. It's like Tom Hanks gets the coronavirus, and, you know, and it was just like oh, Italy shuts down. And it felt so weird to kind of be in the middle of that as we were uh, being people who were actually also doing that, you know, Um and yeah, over the course of those days and weeks, the the weirder and more uh, uncanny, I feel like it felt to come in, and then sometimes uh, we we all of a sudden we had to go through the the command center to get into the theater, and you know it was like things got weirder and scarier <laughs> as we were going, uh, and then I got sick. 
which uh, made things really, really weird. (laughs) Yeah, just to kind of recap that, you know, order of events, we had our first day of tech on March 14th. And at that point, we had already made the announcement that we would not be performing for the public. We made that call on March 12th, the day burned into my brain. We made the call on March 12th, but at that point, um, we knew that the way things were going, gathering a large crowd to see something in person was not likely to be something that was okay. But it still felt distant enough from where we were here in Madison, Wisconsin, that we really felt that we could responsibly tech the show and film it. Like when that felt like a really new idea, but we were hearing about some other companies doing that and we felt we only need a few days. We just need a few days to get this teched and then we can film it. So we did one day of tech and it was weird. And I just remember having this giant thing of hand sanitizer <laughs> on my um, tech table, but then- Which we all had to fight to get. Yeah, yeah. But then the morning of our second day of tech, the 15th, you know, I believe you called the stage manager and she called me and said, Matt has a little fever and isn't feeling great. And of course, no one knew what that did or didn't signify. And it was probably just a fever, but we made the call to not come in that day and hoped that we would wait 24 hours and it wouldn't be anything. And we'd come back and we just didn't. Yeah. I remember desperation in that moment. And as, as, uh, the days leading up to us stopping, the story we were telling started to feel more and more essential to give to people because theaters were closing down, schools were closing down, there was no toilet paper anymore. And it was like, we're talking about what um, what we need art for in this play. And I just remember being like, I I will do literally anything to get this filmed. Like, Matt's sick. I don't care. I'll do my scenes with him. It doesn't matter. You know, which um, uh, there were no screeners back then or anything. (laughs) So uh, it just started to feel so much more important. And um, now these 19 months, it, it stayed that important or got even more so with the lack of theater in our lives. Yeah, I mean, one line from the show that we keep coming back to is the persistence of the normal is strong. And I definitely remember, you know, with those daily and then hourly updates about what we're doing, it was like, all right, well, wake up in the morning, eat breakfast, check the news, feel terrified, but continue on with, you know, try, try to get to that filming that we had scheduled. Everything will be okay. This will be over in two weeks and we'll come back at it. There were several phone calls and emails about, okay. We're not going to come back this next week, but we're confident two weeks, we'll come back, we'll film it and get it done. All right, maybe not, okay, maybe a month from now, we'll try, we're going to try, we're going to try, and then really everything closed down. Yeah, I think it's it's hard now that we've all been through it for, you know, a year and a half to remember how alien it was to think that the world was going to shut down permanently for an indeterminate amount of time. Like that just didn't seem like it was an option. It was inconceivable that we wouldn't be able to continue to work at something, you know, it would be, we'd stay away for a little bit and then come back. And then, you know, that was the last thing that any of us did for months and months and, and months just and the, months. the surreality of how quickly everything was changing. Right. Um, and that 
like you were saying earlier, Josh, that we started out, you know, well, here's what we know at the beginning of the rehearsal process and we think it's all good and we're, we're all going to be really good about washing our hands, you know, mm -hmm. and starting to share what song do you sing <laughs> to know that you're getting 20 seconds of hand washing in and then becoming daily updates because, you know, again, having never been through anything of like this at all, our whole company, I as both director and artistic director, the whole project, like where we're going to be completely transparent about everything we know and we're just going to figure it out together. And it was, but the last few days, it was multiple times a day we would stop because I was having to jump out of rehearsals to do meetings with Overture Center, our, our performance home, and, and to meet with the experts and like what's happening and where, and I just had to keep coming out of the room to learn what was going on in our field and in our community and then come back in and be like, okay, so here's the latest. And I, I do remember one day going, okay, well, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I promise you're all going to get your full contract. <laughs> uh, everything else we will see, but let's at least take that nervousness out. You'll get your full contract and who knows uh, what's going to happen. But it, it just, it felt like it changed so fast, so fast, so fast and keeping up on top of it. Those last couple of days where it was like, Tom Hanks, and now the NBA is closing. And then on right. and then the 12th, the same day we decided was the day that Broadway is like, nope, we're shutting down. Right. And it just, uh, yeah. But Jen wasn't, you weren't just popping out for like forward and official things. I, I feel like literally every theater company in town or in the greater United States was calling you and being like, what are you doing? And I felt like every hour Jen has this new update. I felt like we're like with the general who decided to be on the front lines of battle. Like I felt like you carried us through this and you were so transparent. And, you know, we were just watching you field phone calls of people who were already performing or this or that. And you just sort of I mean, you like need a pandemic to recover from this pandemic because of the like nonstop. I'll just say I don't need one. Just for the universe. I'm going to put that out there. Anyways, you need a vacation. Well, thank you. I, I'm glad it seemed that way because I felt, yeah, yeah, we were, we all felt like we were spinning and I just was trying to hold on to the anchor of. We're, I'm going to, I'm, I, it's, it's how you direct any show. You put a lot of smart people in a room and you trust that they are all going to have valuable opinions on what we're doing. And I, I was just so grateful that all of you were game and trusting and open about what was making you feel nervous and what wasn't making you feel nervous so that we could make decisions um, as we went. I also know being in rehearsal, I remember there was a lot of, uh, uh, Mike, you gave us so an endless amount of information and history about the Black Plague and what people went through and how they survived and lived and trying to get myself into the mindset of Gregory and what it is to live through something that where you turn around and a town you just left has now lost about 50% of their population or um, now it feels <laughs> like there's a uh, the research for the past helps me understand my present and something to aim for at my future and not just how do I tell this story, but also, okay, how, <laughs> how does Josh move about his new normal? Um, because it still persists, though it's new. How do, how do I maneuver through this uh, world? So working on this play now and then has been uh, a godsend for me. And it's been with your research, Mike, has been really invaluable, not just in knowing who Gregory is and what he lived through, but just for myself, being able to ground myself in, all right, 
someone else has survived this and has been able to write about it, I think I'll be able to make sense of this. I, maybe not today, but sometime soon because of this. What I, what I love about that, Josh, is that uh, I, I always think about whenever I'm working on a play, right, that a play takes place in simultaneously in three different times, right? It takes place in the time in which it is set. So for us, the Middle Ages, right? And then the time in which it was written. So that's only a couple years ago, uh, but it is certainly pre-pandemic. And uh, and then the time in which it is being performed. And uh, I think that this play in particular is so interesting in that way because it, there's a line that I say is larking, which is the Duke needs something new, something timely, right? Which has all of this new uh, uh, sort of sparkle on top of it because of where we are and what we, and what we have been through and, and especially what we went through a year and a half ago as we started it. But of course, the playwright is talking about a whole different epidemic. Um, and so it gives us sort of circle upon circle of context to deal with and to grapple with and to and to help sort of center and and get on the other side of also as you look towards whatever that future is. I I mean and I, I love that and I love that this play, I mean this play has a lot of sort of meta-theatrical circular logic in it, um, which just got a lot deeper. <laughs> uh, but I think that um, that's what's great about it. I think that that's what's great about us getting to come back and do it now, too. It's so much, it was so full then, and it's so much fuller now. Mm-hmm. You know? This is, I mean, what I just, I adore actors, as I think all of you know. And one of the reasons is you helped me see things I didn't see in my own. So, Josh, to your point, thank you for what you said about that research. I was so clueless about the relationship between that research and what was coming at the time. I mean, I was one of the last people to sort of see the reality. And even now, sort of maybe on an abstract level, of course, I get the connections. How can we not? But to be in the room and watch all of you um, help make those visceral. I mean, I've had so many moments during this rehearsal process where I just get goosebumps thinking about what Matt just said in terms of the connections that that are there. I want to... Um sort of move us forward. I'm thinking of something you said, Matt, about, you know, we had that day of tech and then we canceled the next day while we waited to see how you're feeling. And then it wound up, as you said, being the last day of in-person rehearsal for anything for all of us for a really long time. And I'd love to just take a moment as we're thinking about this in the bigger picture of what this um, pause um, in our field. And I shouldn't, pause is the wrong word because so many of us were doing a lot. It was just very different, um, during this time. And I'd love to kind of go around the table and just talk briefly about what this period of time between closing down the amateurs 2020 in March of that year, and then being back here in November, October, November of 2021, like what has that period of time been like for you as an artist. Um, can I start with you, Kat? Sure. Um, as an artist, it was maybe the most challenging time I've had in my life um, creatively. It, I felt like I was asking myself a lot of the same questions that our playwright asks himself. Um, what am I doing with my time here on this planet? And 
what kind of art can I make in this moment that still matters? Um, I wound up diving into music because that felt like one thing I can control and do by myself. Um, and uh, yeah, it was fascinating, but I really have had a long pause from theater. I was not doing much virtual theater. And so coming back to this, the only image that keeps coming into my mind is that I've been like a sea creature in a little tide pool and that <laughs> the tide has like finally come in on me because getting to collaborate with other people is just so special and it's unique to live theater. And I really, I didn't realize how starved I was <laughs> for that kind of um, cooperative art making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matt, how about you? Uh, I have sort of the opposite for me. I, um, I have a position at first stage, uh, the children's theater in Milwaukee, and, um, I run, a, a program for advanced high school students there. And we did not stop. I mean, we, we went virtual, um, but that meant me figuring out what does a virtual acting class look like? And how does uh, we had a play um, on the books that we were, you know, meant to rehearse and perform. And so trying to figure out what that looks like. And uh, I sort of never stopped figuring out um, what the, you know, Brave New World looked like, as I'm sure you did, Jen, I know you did, <laughs> because then um, I was able to come in and work for Forward uh, in, in, a, in a hybrid model mm-hmm. of that, uh, you know, later down the line. Um, but I did my fair share of Zoom theater at First Stage and um, with a couple of friends who were, you know, doing it. And it, what was nice about that was I got to work with people who I haven't gotten to work with in years and years because of distance. And um, there was something that was sort of interesting about it. Uh, but like you, Kat, um, I certainly missed... Uh, the live collaboration aspect. And I felt like there was, we all did. We all certainly missed it as much as we needed the the sort of stopgap of Zoom theater. Um, uh, this return has really been uh, affirming in, in how much the, that live aspect was was missing mm-hmm. and, and how... Um, how right it feels to be back in the room and how normal it felt actually. Um, even when I you know, came back to do 46 plays for America's First Ladies here at Forward um, and we were all masked in the room the whole time for that, which was uh, very strange on the first day and then not much after that, you know, we got used to it that we figured out what was normal. And um, yeah, so I, I feel like I sort of progressed along and I, I was fortunate enough to be very busy throughout uh, the pandemic theatrically. Um, uh, even busier maybe than I, than I wanted to be. <laughs> I feel a little, a little burned out on this side of it um, and glad to be back to something that I sort of know how to do instead yeah. of um, trying to figure out on the fly. Yeah. How about you, Emily? I wound up getting a full-time teaching job at Madison Country Day School. I became their theater teacher and theory of knowledge teacher. And um, so I was teaching virtually and then a lot of hybrid stuff. And it sort of, you know, theater class became more of like a how to develop a creative discipline 
kind of thing. And I took none of my own advice, but the kids did. And that was awesome. <laughs> um, we wound up making a feature film, which was cool. I got to hire some friends to write a script. Um, it was about a high school drama club that was trying to put on a production of Cats during the pandemic. <laughs> and it's called Pandemical. It's a mockumentary. You can find it on YouTube. Um, uh, but it was... Um, really hard, really rewarding. And I think I had that community feel because I was with the kids and they are so hungry for this stuff that um, it was exhausting. You know, I wanted to provide that for them. So now being back in the rehearsal room, um, first of all, my school is wonderful and they're, you know, managed to let me come back to rehearsals and do this play and teach simultaneously, which is just such a gift. But um, uh being in the rehearsal room, it's such, it's so wonderful to not be in charge and like not be in charge of um, making sure everyone and everything is okay. And I get to just sort of use that part of my brain that I've tried to help develop with the students. And so it's, you know, there was a moment of um, shakiness, like, can I, can I still do this? And um, um, I don't know, but uh, I'm having... <laughs> Oh, you can. Thank you. <laughs> um, but it's uh, uh, pretty awesome to be back. Yeah. How about you, Josh? I'm so scared to answer this question because it feels so big, mm -hmm. the time between this, sitting around this table with all of you and March 14th. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I'll do my best. I know that I did a lot of Zoom theater and I learned a lot from Zoom theater. Um, I got to come back and work on Lewiston and Clarkston here at Forward. Um, I got to be uh, back on stage with a live audience at American Players Theater um, uh, and now doing this thing. But uh, it, that just feels so lame and so small to what I feel like we all, pardon me, what we all lost, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's really my wife that helped me get through and be able to uh, satiate my need to tell stories. Uh, without her, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would be at this table sharing this story again. Mm -hmm. um, I might have fallen away from theater because mm -hmm. there's no way to survive without it for me. Um, but luckily, I have her um, and she encouraged me, kept pushing me, find more stuff, go tell, she could tell how bored I was. <laughs> she got mad, let's go do something, go find something, find something. Um, and a lot of my story where I found that joy and where I could really practice my art with theater friends and colleagues uh, was outside of theater um, in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. um, and I play with Matt and I play with James Carrington and our cast um, and other actors in and around Wisconsin and over uh, the nation. And that's where I really was able to practice a lot of the craft because mm -hmm. it's it's that thing that I missed in Zoom theater. Mm -hmm. um, it was live and sparkly. And so coming back into a room with people feels like um, I've been able to keep some tools sharp um, because of that game. And having the gamification of theater being on my mind as not just as a professional, but as a teacher as well. I, try, I did some teaching via Zoom and starting to feel myself learning from 
the digital aspects of this art and teaching and knowing the value of that interpersonal, being in a room with someone to really connect and share a story um, and not taking that for granted ever again. <laughs> mm-hmm. You had to find a way to give yourself a sense of purpose. Ah, yeah. Up many times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Thanks, know, Jordan. I, I'm, so, I'm so glad that you referenced um, how much loss we've all felt and not just this group at the table or our field and industry as a whole, but, but all of, all of us as, as humans, um, it's been a time of tremendous loss, which doesn't mean we haven't been able to find silver linings and gifts out of this time, but, but there's been so much loss. And, you know, I, I want to take a moment and acknowledge that we weren't able to reassemble our entire team from the 2020 production. Um, we had one wonderful actor, Terry Bell, who was with us, who um, was not able to come back this time because he got a different gig with a very long contract. So good on you, Terry. Um, We had another wonderful actor, Adam Estes, who was with us, who like many in our field decided he was ready to be done being a professional theater artist. Um, So really, I'm I'm both sad about that and really happy that he has found um, a, a different way of living his life that he's really happy with. And also one of our, our designers, our lighting designer, Marissa Abbott, um, as, as well has, has, uh, moved on. And, um, that's something I feel like we're all still as a field getting our, our heads around now that we are starting to be able to come back, who is no longer with us. Um, and it, there's, there's a lot of loss that we haven't yet really had an opportunity to, to acknowledge, um, so we, we miss all of those wonderful artists, but we are also delighted with the fabulous new people who've joined our team. I mean, that's that's what theater does. I mean, we're used, we're used to that kind of change, but it feels weightier somehow mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. with this production. Well, so we've been back in rehearsals for, what, two and a half weeks, coming back to this play about artists trying to figure out how to tell stories as they outrun a plague. So um, even if we have tried to not change how we're telling the story, uh, I think it's changed tremendously in that now you're not pretending to imagine what it's like to be artists trying to figure out how to tell stories while running a play. Can we also point out that my character's name is Rona? Yeah. (laughs) Like how prescient is this? Like Jordan Harrison is a prophet or something. <laughs> um, but she's not a plague on, on she's the, the characters. She's the worst. She's pretty bad. She's pretty bad. <laughs> we love her. Um, so yeah, what, what, what's it been like being, being back at this particular, because it's not just that we're remounting the show that COVID closed down, it's that we're remounting a show about the purpose of trying to continue to make art in a time of crisis. And boy, yeah, layers. Uh, well, I'll say that, you know, as, as soon as you asked us to to come back when you knew that you were going to put it into this season, Jen, I spent most of the time since then thinking, oh, it's going to be so weird coming back to this play about actors outrunning the plague. And I had put aside, I had sort of elevated that aspect of the play so high that I put to the side all of the questions about art that the play is asking. And when we came back into the room and read it uh, out loud, um, again, I I just heard it in a whole new way because I wasn't ready for 
all of those questions. And I wonder if that's what the audience is going to be like, too. The audience is going to come, oh, this is that play. That's about the plague. How cool and interesting. And it's going to be weird. And then you're just not ready for what the play is actually about. Like that, it's just a backdrop in, in a way. And uh, I think that that is super, super interesting. And it has gotten me thinking about that, too, and about what it means, the, the why of art um, and and what art does during a plague, but also, you know, again, like I was talking about with the circular logic and the meta of it, what it means to, to push forward and to keep going in this time when, when, I mean, I'm, yes, I'm glad that people have found other things that are meaningful to them in their lives and they've been able to, to move on to other stuff, but, for those of us who are carrying on and pushing forward because this is a thing that we must do and what you spent the last 20 months doing for not only forward theater but for all the theaters in Wisconsin and uh, what these characters do in the name of something larger than just themselves uh, is it's hard to to wrap completely around, but that's the thing that has been so uh, sort of pulsating for me in this return. Mm. I mean, as somebody who's closer in what I do to being one of those audience members, um, and that's the position I'm in now watching rehearsals, that really resonates with me. Um, and and it, it sort of segues from something that both Josh and Emily were saying about not taking this for granted ever again. I don't feel as though I ever, quote unquote, did take it for granted. But I do know that not having this for as long as we had it made me think a lot about those questions. And the, the, the part of this play that haunted me throughout was questions that Josh, your character, asks about what is the purpose of art. And I thought about that a lot during the time we were gone and seeing... It embodied the reasons for art are being embodied by the four of you and the rest of our cast in in the room every day. They're sort of so life affirming for me, reminding me why we do this, mm-hmm. why what you give us, the way you help us live through what you do. And you're right; that question will, I think, come through for the audience in the same way it's coming through for for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is, I feel like I, I could let this conversation go on for uh, several more hours um, uh, because there's there's so much for all of us to uh, to still be processing. And I think we will continue to be processing it throughout um, upcoming tech and then the run of the show with a live audience. Uh, <laughs> although also for the folks listening, it is also available digitally. So if you are not local to Madison, Wisconsin, um, we are also filming the show so that those who aren't yet ready or able to come back can can still experience the story. This is one of the gifts of this last 19 months is that we have learned how to do this too. So um, the, both the live run and the digital run go through November 21st for those who want to come in and experience this play. But I'm, I'm so grateful to all of you for just being like right there on the front lines with me uh, back in March, 2020 for coming back to, to do this again now. And for this conversation, it's, it's truly been a gift. Um, and I will say that that's it for this episode of Theater Forward, the conversation about theater in Wisconsin, the Midwest and America. 
Thank you all so much for joining us. I'm Jen Uphoff-Gray. And I'm Mike Fisher. Our podcast is produced by Scott Hayden, one of those people who kept the flame alive during this past 20 months and to whom I will be forever grateful for having this podcast. It's been one of the beacons for me uh, during this time. Uh, anyway, you can follow us or share your thoughts on Facebook and Twitter at Theater Forward. As always, theater is spelled with an B. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to subscribe to us uh, and be sure to leave a review or ask us a question we'd love to hear from you we're so grateful to have you listening and we will be back soon for another theater forward conversation <laughs> <laughs>